Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of Hashtag IGD Talks. My name is Raquel Simpson, and I will be your host today. Just to introduce myself, I am a practical nursing student, and I hold a master's in emergency management. I recently embarked upon this wonderful journey of gerontological nursing. In this podcast series, I will be introducing a number of special guests who will be providing invaluable insight in dementia care, dementia research, training, and education. Let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining in to this uh, episode number seven of our podcast series. Today we have uh, Peter Huang, and he is going to give us a very interesting perspective. Thank you for joining us, Peter. Thanks for having me, Raquel. Uh, is that how I pronounce it? Raquel. Raquel. Uh, I'm, I'm Peter Huang. I'm a med student at McMaster. Uh, I'm going into my third year now. I'm a clerk. Awesome. Great. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your experience in uh, uh, gerontology and geriatrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I could always use more experience, but uh, a lot of the patients that uh, we do care for, I'm interested in internal medicine. A lot of them have been over the age of 65. Um, many of these patients have many complex issues and a lot of surrounding social factors as well. Um, a bunch of them also have dementia, and uh, these patients are... Um, a lot of time require a lot of thought process uh, into, you know, getting the holistic picture and trying to manage them appropriately, giving giving their wishes and trying to make sure that uh, the the person in front of me comes first. Right, that's so imperative. Tell us a little bit about your experience with GPA. Sure. Um, so I took the GPA course last year as a part of Geriatric Skills Day at uh, McMaster, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I thought the course was great. It the the GP course is um, it gives me a very valuable approach to actually once again thinking about the holistic picture of a Absolutely. patient, um, especially like the pieces framework, for example. Yeah. Um, so like when a patient, you know, like a GPA essentially telling me uh, to look about the behavioral and um, psychological symptoms of dementia or BPSD. Um, and that GPA course essentially makes me take a step back and, right. and think about like, uh, what are the underlying reasons for their, for their symptoms? Because essentially it's a symptom. Right. Uh, they're not trying to be agitated. They're just like there's sometimes an, an unmet need um, right. that we kind of have to focus on and think about what can we do um, to actually um, to work around these issues and make the place more comfortable for the patient and you know, hopefully reduce their suffering. Great. Yeah. So yeah, I I think the GPA course um, having the approach and uh, thinking about like you know the ABCs, you know what what was the behavior, right. what caused the behavior, and how I can work around it is incredibly valuable for medical students. Awesome. That's actually leading into my next question. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so I was I wanted to start off talking about your experience, but I also sure. wanted you to kind of expand and talk about the significance and the relevance to to other medical students as well. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so as medical students, we're like at a very early stage in our training. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us aren't sure what we want, and a lot of time when we're on the ward, there are things that like we're we're not comfortable with we don't know much about sure. and uh, BPSD is like definitely made me feel uncomfortable when I first saw it mm-hmm. um, you know it, it it's uncomfortable to see a patient who's agitated in front of you you always yeah. want to feel like oh I want to do something about this I want to help them somehow Absolutely. like they really look like they're suffering um, so in terms of for medical students it's essentially care of the elderly right it doesn't necessarily have to be even geriatrics related but it, it, it gives, once again, that chance to, like, there's it's so multifactorial, BPSD, which is why I think it's 
super high yield for med students like there's there's a biological perspective that you can treat with um, either removing medications or adding certain types of medications Um, there's psychological and social aspects where you like you'll ask family you know what are these patients what are these patients wishes Um, what are the likes and dislikes what makes this person uncomfortable um, and all of these things are med students. I think med students really like to do, I hope. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, just getting this big picture on the patient. We, we spend a lot of time uh, um, with, like, professional competencies and, like, communication skills. And um, the GP course is essentially another way for us to incorporate communication skills into care of older adults. Right. That's so good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So can you tell me a little bit about your experience um, when you did uh, the GSD workshop? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, the GSD workshop essentially runs uh, every year. It's a little different uh, box of chocolates. Uh, We always get something interesting. Um, There's there's usually courses like many workshops run um, around elderly things, uh, geriatric related <laughs> things, obviously. Um, and the, the one I remember most clearly are the ones from this year. Uh, and there was great stuff on like deprescribing medications, okay. which is um, a huge thing for med students as well, because we're starting to learn our meds. We should not just learn how to give the meds, but how right. to take them away, right. uh, especially in older adults who are you know prone for polypharmacy, yeah. risk of falls. Um, and just side effects of the medications in general, given that their physiology is different from sure. from uh, from someone who's younger. Um, there were also courses uh, like workshops on like personhood okay. and just thinking about like you know every like medicine. I feel is a lot about storytelling. Right. Um, you know, like these patients are telling you a story, and you all you get is a snapshot of their life. For sure. So you kind of have to think about like what was the whole thing that was leading up to it, because really health is. Health is mostly social determinants of health, mm-hmm. and it's all those things that you have to be picking up and trying to, like, do detective work and try to find out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like GSD was like some of those workshops were things I I definitely look back and I can actually remember and say, oh right, I've learned this. I might not remember that I learned it here, but right. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to do the right things. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So there's some guiding principles that you are now applying within practice. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. awesome. Can you share maybe a personal example of where you clearly saw where your training of GPA came into play with a specific patient or in a specific clinical scenario? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, there was like a, a patient that I, when I was on the palliative care team, um, it's about an 80 year old female and she, she did have a diagnosis of dementia and she was coming in just to, she had multiple comorbidities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards, uh, when she came into hospital, it was just her poor physiologic reserve and having multiple um, uh, medical issues. Okay. It made it very difficult for her to bounce back. Um, and because of that, she was admitted admitted to the palliative care ward uh, just to, because the family and in incorporating the patient's wishes as well, um, wanted uh, to have like a peaceful death essentially sure. and uh, sure. dying with dignity. Right. Um, so this patient, um, although she actually couldn't, she wasn't speaking words to us anymore. Um, and a lot of times she was lying in bed. There were times where she actually looked uncomfortable and she would look, uh, she appeared agitated. Um, and, uh, the family would always be concerned as well because they're the ones who are right there with her all the time. Right. Um, 
and uh, and there were definitely be times where you know she wouldn't even be able to sleep very well and you know that like when you're when you're reaching the I mean everyone loves sleep anyways right. but uh, you want to make sure it's as comfortable as possible for these sure. patients um, so what I actually remember doing is like once again taking that step back and saying well this person's exhibiting these symptoms which are like agitation poor sleep um, and I should try to be fi- like try to find out why they are having these symptoms um, so we found out that she was constipated for several days, which okay. we treated accordingly. Um, she was just in pain from lying in bed, but because she was bedbound for so long, yeah. um, so we kind of treated the pain for that, and just yeah. to make sure that, she, and you know, some shortness of breath as well that she was having again because of her multiple comorbidities, um, and. You know, those ones could, could be treated with like medical stuff, um, but uh, it was actually just having her family around and holding her hand yeah. that a lot of the time actually just like seemed to calm her. Right. And it was it was actually incredible to see it because it's like a mother and her daughter and they're just like, they're peaceful and they, right. they know that, like I know she knows that uh, her daughter still cares very deeply for her Absolutely. and just wants the best. And for sure. Those moments like, they're, they're super powerful to just observe and watch right. the love between them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Can you share another instance where um, just some of the GPA training and and you had mentioned personhood, and I think the previous example that you shared speaks a lot to personhood and, and mm-hmm. understanding uh, the family dynamics, the relationships that the person had. Uh, maybe even prior to their diagnosis and how that plays a role in, in bringing comfort, especially in the setting of palliative care. Right. Is there another example that you can think of that um, uh, really where you saw where G- your GPA training really came into play and, and mm-hmm. helped, um, aiding you in, in working with a specific patient with dementia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, yeah, another example I would have would um, be like, uh, or GPA specifically, so they, they encourage those non-pharmacological and then pharmacological management. Um, I've been very fortunate not to have to um, uh, have any situations where I've actually had to uh, protect myself for anything like that. Sure. A lot of it has been, you know, the, the symptoms of agitation or right. discomfort. Um, and one of them that I did find uh, when, I, when I asked the family, once again, it was a patient who was nearing the end of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, was asking the family, like, what, what is this? Tell me more about this patient. Like, right. what was she like as a mother? Right. Um, uh, what were her likes and dislikes? And uh, the daughter was like, you know, she really likes a certain type of Spanish music. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, why don't we try playing the Spanish music for right. her? Um, and that seemed to calm her down, um, and it made the mother more more comfortable. Um, and you know, I'd say that came from the GPA approach because you're kind of looking into. You know what are the patient's wishes sure. um, and uh, what part of the pieces framework I guess in this case it'd be like intellectual emotional mm-hmm. um, and then the social part of just having your daughter around right. where can I, I can directly apply oh this patient likes music therapy right. uh, and this patient likes having people around right. just being with her right yeah that's awesome that's awesome so um, do you have any words of wisdom for uh, maybe some uh, of your uh, those who are in the same discipline as you so other medical students or residents who um, might be wavering or considering whether or not to um, whether or not to take part in GPA training um, do you have any words of wisdom or nuggets of truth to kind of share 
Um, you know, I think it's like we learn in medicine that, you know, it's like learn the physiology, then learn the pathology, and then learn the treatment to it. Um, and I think there's still truth to BPSD and applying GPA, and they're all just like a spectrum of different things. Um, and a lot of time, like, we, we feel, like, nervous, or, like, how do we manage these things? Mm-hmm. Like, managing, you know, mental health is uh, something that can make students uncomfortable. You know, some, sure. it can definitely make me uncomfortable as well. Um, and just having that extra step of training is okay. super useful. So I guess, like, the tidbit I'd say is, like, um, you know, BPSD, it's in the name. It's, it's a symptom. Like, you should, be, you should be taking a step back um, and looking at, you know, who's, who is this patient? what's what's their story um uh what can i do to make this person more comfortable and make make like because a lot of the time i've been in hospital um for my rotations like how can i make the hospital a home for this patient as well um and if you take the step back and say like this person's not not trying to they're not trying to act this way i would act the same way if i couldn't speak for myself um and if you keep that in mind i think it's super helpful to med students to like think that people aren't trying to do bad things right they, right they, they just they just have something there that you have to do the detective work they have a cognitive impairment yeah yeah and it's your job to right. to try to find out why and help them out through it right right and these are all principles that uh gp training can can offer yeah absolutely yeah i think each of their modules has like a section on absolutely. like something uh very much related to like getting that assessment how to manage the assessment, right. and then how to, uh, um, and then like the the cool down afterwards and reflecting absolutely. on it. Absolutely, absolutely, great. Um, for our viewers and for our audience, um, the modules that Peter was making uh, mention of is actually found in the GPA uh, participant manual that consists of four modules, and each module is uh, definitely evidence informed. Um, And it's here to really equip participants to feel um, empowered um, and to feel uh, equipped when working with um, persons living with dementia. So if you're interested in accessing this manual, it's definitely something that you can find at www.age.inc. Thank you so much for your time, Peter. Great. It was awesome speaking with you, and it was great getting that medical student perspective. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that concludes Episode 7 of Hashtag IGD Talks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to join us for Episode 8 with Dr. Lori Schindel-Martin, an associate professor at the Daphne Cockwell School of Nursing at Ryerson University. She is also one of the lead investigators on a study about geriatrics, behavior and dementia in education. She is also the producer of this podcast series, and I'll be speaking with her about the importance of understanding BPSD and GPA.